Good morning, friends, and good morning, Lighthouse Church. You are welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. This is another day that the Lord has made, and I believe that God wants us to be blessed this morning. We'll go straight into the Word of God, and today I'll be speaking to us uh, on the prodigal son. I would like to believe that most of us have heard sermons and sermons about the prodigal son, but I believe that uh, today God wants us to see something different. Uh, when I look at the parable of the prodigal son, uh, it's a very rich parable. And Jesus used parables to convey the message or to teach his disciples and the people that followed him. And I believe that even today he's still teaching us through these parables. Over the uh, some period now, I've been preaching to my boys about the prodigal son, not necessarily opening the Bible, but just throwing some lessons. And on Sunday, as I sat wondering, uh, Sunday evening, what I would preach uh, this coming Sunday, I felt prompted to go to the story of the prodigal son. And as I went to bed, my wife is asking me, are you coming to bed? I said, no. Uh, I feel like I need to read the story of the prodigal son. And as I read through, um, I felt that confirmation in my spirit that God wanted me to speak about the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the word prodigal means recklessly and wastefully extravagant. And we'll get more of that. We'll see more of that as we get into the story itself. Now, Jesus told the story of the parable or the parable of the, the prodigal son and he was very specific about the details that he wanted to know about this family. He doesn't mention the mother, he just mentions the father and the two sons. So Jesus uh, limited his lessons or his teachings to the father and the sons. Two sons, different characteristics and attitudes and they all responded to issues differently. And I believe that Jesus wanted us to learn from the father, or he also wanted us to learn from the younger son, uh, who represents in this picture the son that wandered away. And then there's also the older son, and he has a role in the picture or in the story. And I believe that Jesus wants us to learn from these three characters. So we go straight into the word. In verse 11, the Bible says, Jesus continued. He continued from the other teachings. Uh, the previous parable was about the lost coin, and he continues uh, with the parable of the prodigal son. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, so straight to the point, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. He, meaning the father, divided the property between the two sons, the younger son and the, the older son. Now, just from the onset, you know, the approach of the younger son, give me my share. 
and to me that sounds like a lot of a lot of uh, you know speeches, uh, a lot of what we hear uh, in South Africa in the church, outside of the church. You know, there is that entitlement. That statement underpins entitlement. Give me my share. And right now our country is seeing much of that, where people just feel entitled to things. You know, they feel like, we feel like we don't have to earn anything. We don't have to work for anything. We don't have to study for anything. We can just demand and get it. Why? We feel entitled. And the attitude of the son in that verse portrays what most of us are seeing in our country. You can talk about corruption. It's people feeling entitled to something that does not belong to them. But they feel entitled to take and they feel they can just take it. It's the robberies where people, they just feel entitled to something that does not belong to them. And this son's attitude underpins that entitlement. He could have come to the father and say, Father, please, you know, what do you think about me trying out with some of what we have? Maybe open a business somewhere, watch me and see how I perform. And if you feel like I perform well, and maybe we can expand. But no, he came to the father and he says, give me my portion. And the father divided it. In verse 18, not long after the younger son got together, all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in world living. So he got his share and the Bible says he set off for a distant country, away from the father's control, away from the father's governance. He wanted to be independent he wanted to be self-sufficient. He did not want anyone to speak. Uh, remember, he just got the portion. And here he goes away from the father's control, from the father's government, uh, governance. And he says, I just want to go far. And he went away. And the father, in this case, represents our father in heaven. And we can find that in the book of Malachi chapter 2, verse 10. It says, do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? So you and me, the non-believers, the atheists, whoever you see under the face of the sun, the Bible says there's only one father, and that father is God, the creator. So this son was removing himself away from the father's leadership. He wanted to be self-sufficient. He wanted to be independent, and he did that. And in our time, we see much of that where people are not willing to be under any control. We just want to be self-sufficient. We just want to be independent. Uh, you know, we see a lot of people not having a teachable spirit because they just want to be independent. They just want to be on their own. Praise God. God has put us in families, like literally, and God has also put us in spiritual families, like the church. That's the system that God has created. You and me are not designed to survive under or without or outside the control of the Father, our Heavenly Father. In verse 14, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine 
in that whole country and they began to be in need. That time always comes, friends, when we waste what God has entrusted us with. It could be finances, it could be the gifts and the talents that God has given us. We don't develop them. We don't spend time to have them nourished by the Father. And we remove ourselves from the source. The time will come when we are in need, either emotionally, spiritually, physically, when things are just messed up. And we wonder where the anxiety, the depression is coming from. Not that all the depression and anxiety comes uh, from us or by virtue of removing ourselves from the leadership of God. But sometimes those things do happen when things begin to go wrong because we removed ourselves from the leadership of the Father. So that time came for this son. In verse 15, So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. So he removed himself from the leadership of the Father. Things have gone wrong. He makes another mistake. He does not say, let me go back to my father's house. He's still trying to make a plan. Have you been in that position where things are messed up? And instead of getting back to the father, to the source, you're still trying to find your way on your own. This son tried that. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field is filled to feed pigs. In verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So things were bad to the extent that he was longing to eat the food that belonged to pigs. There are people out there that are meant to be under the control of the Father. There are people that are meant to be under the hand of the Father. But for some reason, you have removed yourself from the Lordship, the governance of God. And you are on your own. And you are even trying to feed on the food that belongs to, uh, to the pigs. This message is for you. And I believe that the Father is calling you. You will not make it on your own. As you will see in scripture, this son did not make it. On his own. In verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants are food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Now is at the point where the Bible says he comes back to his senses, not because he's missing the father, not because he realizes that. His decision was wrong, but because he needs to survive. So he comes back to his senses, and the motivation again is survival. He's still talking about food. Uh, you know, it's about the outside. He's still, he's still not looking at the condition of his heart. And because of the need, he says, I will go back to the Father. In verse 18, I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, is rehearsing a speech, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So because of shame, 
is willing to give up his sonship and is willing to pick up the position of a servant, not because he's humble, because of shame. He wants to give up his sonship and he wants to take the position of a servant. Now, friends, there's a difference between a servant in the house of the father and a son with the heart of a servant. The servant will do what is paid to do. The son goes beyond the call of duty. In the house, literally, in the church where God has put you, if you are a servant, you only do what you are told to do. If you are a son with a servant heart, it doesn't matter whether you have to clean the toilet, it doesn't matter whether you have to, whatever you have to sweep the floor, because you are a son with a servant heart. And you know that this work belongs to the Father, not anyone else. It belongs to the Father. So there's a difference between a servant and the son with a servant heart. This son here, he says, I'm willing to give up the sonship. I will take the position of a servant. God forbid, you are a daughter and a son in the kingdom of God. You are a daughter and a son in the church where God has put you. And the work that you see there, you treat it like your father's work because that's what you are in the kingdom and in the eyes of God. And the moment, friends, we understand that, we will do whatever it takes to please the father because we know that whatever we do, that work belongs to the father. Praise God. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard servants. Verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Our father's love and compassion is steadfast. It never moves, friends, regardless of the condition of our hearts. Not because he doesn't see, but because his love is steadfast. His compassion is steadfast. For him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Verse 21. The son said to him, and the son now is giving the speech that he was rehearsing. But in verse 22, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Friends, regardless of what has happened to you, the condition of your heart, the father awaits for you. He wants to give you a kiss. He wants to change the robes. In his eyes, you are still a son. Do not sit on those benches with shame. Put up your hand. And get ready to save your father because his love and compassion is steadfast. He's waiting to kiss you and to change that role. Praise God. In verse 22, in verse 23, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of man, mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Praise God. Now, the other son comes into the picture, and there are also lessons to learn from the other son. In verse 25, meanwhile, the other son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. 
So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. The answer, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. There are two sons, different characteristics, different attitudes. Same in the father's house, same in the church. We sit under the same sermon, we praise the same God, uh, you know, we are filled with the same spirit, but sometimes we can allow our personality to interfere with what God is doing, the way we respond to the things of God. So this son here, he was one that could not create room for the other. And it happens in church friends where we have seen people who have wandered away. And when they come back, for whatever reasons, whether they are chased by the hardships and they run back for safety, sometimes we can be so hard on people, so judgmental that we can refuse to create room and space for them. And that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to be a people that partner with God in welcoming people that come back for safety, running away from the scorching sun, from the hardship, from poverty, from hunger, regardless of how they made that decision. God wants us to be a people that will partner with him, with him to display and to show that grace. We are supposed to, are meant to be a people that makes it easy for other people to access the grace and the mercy of our Father. So few things. God wants us to be sons and daughters with a servant heart. God wants us to be a people that will create or help create space on the table for other people. God wants us to remain under his lordship, the governance of God. Friends, the moment you remove yourself from the leadership, from the governance of God, you will be willing to feed on the food that belongs to pigs. God wants us to live under his leadership. Whether things are going well, remember, friends, you are not self-sufficient. God, the Father, is the source of what you have. God is the source of your peace. God is the source of your finances. If you're in a good space, friends, it's not the time to move away from God and feel I'm self-sufficient. The moment you try to remove yourself, you are removing yourself from the source because God is the source. Praise God. And in closing, I'd like for us to read from the book of Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. And the Bible says the following. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. The son that came back, like I said, he did not come back because he missed the father. He came back for his own survival. But the father's love, the father's compassion was steadfast because God is faithful even when we are faithless. So friends, if you're listening to me and you have wandered away from the governance of God, from the lordship of God, it's time to come back 
Put yourself under the lordship of God. Put identify with the systems that God has put in place. The church, God's hand, so that you stay connected to the source. I pray that God will speak to you, will continue to speak to you, and God bless you, and have a blessed week. Amen.